Hey, what's up, podcast? Hope you guys are keeping well. This week I chatted with Eric Allen. He's the program director of the Acceleration Center for Entrepreneurs, or better known as the ACE program. The program is designed to help entrepreneurs fast track their product or service to market. On the podcast, we talk about the key elements to be a successful entrepreneur, when the time is right to scale your idea, how Calgary is going to bounce back like never before, and much, much more. Remember to rate, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You get awesome local leaders and entrepreneur stories each week, jam-packed with their unique insights. Leave me feedback at joe at codessa.io on some of the stories or questions you want to hear. I read them all, not to the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. podcast eric thank you it's good to be here let's jump right into it i'm sure our listeners would love to know more about you so uh yeah how about tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your kind of your origin story sure yeah so my name is eric allen um my origin story really starts back in my adolescence uh i was exposed to entrepreneurship at a very young age you know really when i started getting into my early teens my dad is a very entrepreneurial kind of guy and really brought me along for a lot of the rides that that he went on. I mean, I can remember being in monthly mentorship programs and stock trading seminars and investing seminars and all kinds of really interesting entrepreneurial flair initiatives that he would bring me along. And I think his whole idea was that if you throw enough things against the wall, some of it will stick. And he really just tried to expose me to a lot of different things. And it really opened up my mind to the world of entrepreneurship. And ever since then, it's just I, I, through osmosis, it's become part of who I am. And I just I love it because entrepreneurship is an endless journey. You know, there, it can be what you make it. And it has the power to empower people to go out and serve others and create a life of abundance. And I find that absolutely incredible. And so that's exactly why I absolutely love entrepreneurship. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, again, I double that. Uh, that's why I love entrepreneurship as well. Um, what's one thing, though, that you wish you would have known when you first began kind of your journey? I find it's interesting when we when I started out, I really thought about the life I want to live and the amazing business that I'm going to create and how wealthy I'm going to be and all the money I'm going to make. And if you notice about all the things I just said, they're all for internally centric there. It's about me. It's about I and what I wish I learned earlier on or really realized early in my journey is that it's not about you. Entrepreneurship is about others. It's about serving other people. And until that really switched for me, and I really deeply understood that it is not about me, because guess what? The market doesn't care about you. The market cares what you can provide. And what you provide dictates how much value you can create. And the more value you create for others, the more value you create for yourself. And 
really understanding that. And you know what's funny? I've heard it a thousand times, but until you actually deeply understand it through your own journey, it it doesn't solidify. And so that's that's one key aspect that I, I really do wish I had that deep understanding much earlier on because it could have helped me avoid a lot of mistakes. But those mistakes, not one of them I regret because it has led to the next thing. It unlocked the next level. It it is the cookie crumb trail that doesn't make sense until you see it in the rear view. Uh, Speaking of mistakes, I mean, like you, you know, entrepreneurship is very, um, not a straight line, not very linear. Um, There's always ups and downs. Uh, But for you personally, what's uh, maybe like whatever you can share, maybe a big failure or challenge that uh, you had during your journey and what did you learn from that? Hmm. Probably my most epic failure was when I was, I got into engineering. So my background's in mechanical engineering. I did a minor in entrepreneurship and enterprise development from the University of Calgary and had been involved in entrepreneurship pretty much throughout my entire journey, whether it's side hustles, starting businesses, trying things, trying to invent things, using my engineering degree to design and create new cool products. Uh, So I've done a lot. And while I was in the early stages of my professional career as an engineer, I had been involved in a number of side hustles and a number of startups, and none of them were really getting the the traction that I expected. I expected that if I did this, you know, I just keep swinging and it's going to happen and it just never would. I convinced myself that it, it wasn't working because I've never had both feet in the boat. It's always been a side hustle. And I convinced myself that your side hustle is always going to be your side hustle until you make it your main hustle. And so I grew up, growing up, one of my passions was skateboarding as well. And I had this idea for this really cool app that I wanted to design. I didn't know the first thing about building an app, but I am a perpetual learner and I want to learn all these skills. So I wanted to try and partner with somebody who did know how to do that and go along for this ride. And so I found a a gentleman who I had been a colleague of mine, who is a programmer. Uh, He, I pitched him this idea. He thought it was really cool. I I was like in love with it because man, I could go create this app for the skateboarding community and it would be so amazing. And I, I literally fell in love with my own idea to the point where I had rose-colored glasses on through my own filter, was not looking at data that was not agreeing with my thesis or what I wanted so badly. And that was the first mistake, not listening to the market, not listening to every detail, every piece of feedback that you get without a filter, right? Without expectations and just looking at what is what the feedback is telling you and reading those tea leaves. And so I convinced myself that this was the best idea I've ever come up with. And now's my time. I had been, I got my professional engineering designation. I I was loving my, my job. I was working at a company called Detection Technologies, doing natural gas compressor optimization. And I learned a lot about public speaking and troubleshooting and technical side of things. And it was really, really valuable for my development. But once I got to the level where the sandbox, the edges of the sandbox were reached, 
I kept, I was looking for more. So I was just at that phase where it's like, I got to do this. I got to jump. I got to go all in. I got to do this. And so right at, it's September 1st, 2014, I submitted my resignation. I said, I'm going to go chase my dream as an entrepreneur and raised, had a little bit of money raised, had my partner that was going to help me design. I had this cool prototype. We were ready to go. And so I left my, my nice engineering job and I set sail. And for those first few months, it was the honeymoon phase. You're excited. Everything's amazing because you can go to a coffee shop at two o'clock and just set up shop and hustle. And you, you, you almost get caught up on, on this glorified, what we've glorified as that world of entrepreneurship that you start to forget the little things. And while this was all going on, if you recall what happened in 2014, oil crashed. And I remember not paying attention to it. And because I'm like, I'm out of that industry now, it doesn't matter. And well, oil's at 80 bucks. It'll be back at hundred in no time. And then it goes down to seven and then it goes down to six. Ah, it'll be back. Then it bounces up. Then it breaks 50. Before you know it, it's $25 and the city of Calgary is in mayhem. There are mass layoffs, you know, hundreds of thousands of people laid off. Uh, the investor that I had, we, we ran out of cash. We ran out of cash. Our, our investor pulled everything started crumbling all around me. And one of my safety nets, I always told myself that what's the worst that can happen? I can always go get another big boy job, right? I'm employable. I got an engineering degree. I, I can uh, absolutely, uh, no, no big deal. Well, that's a problem when a hundred thousand Albertans got laid off and I need to go get a, a real job. That's really bad. And it didn't turn out well. So at the ripe age of 30, I had to literally, I was down to my bottom dollar. My cash flow stopped. I didn't have a job. I couldn't raise money. I had to cash out my RSPs at the ripe age of 30. And I literally was living off Costco hot dogs. And it was, I beat myself up so bad. And the biggest battle was this internal battle because I thought I had what it took. I thought this was it and it wasn't. And, and I, when you've never been so sure about something and when it when that doesn't turn out to be the case and it shakes your foundation and you start to question who you are, that's a painful experience to go through. But once you got on that other side and I can remember it to this day, I was walking around loathing myself. I was pity party. I had this personal rain cloud that would just follow me everywhere. And I got to the point where like, look at you, you're fixing fences for cash. What has this come to? How did this all go wrong? And I just, I was in my head. I was stuck replaying the what ifs. Why did I could be watching my old colleagues making great money and coasting through this downturn while I am in the pits and I just had regret and I wish I didn't. And oh, what would I give? And oh, it was just this nonstop for the first time in my life. I was depressed. I'm a happy guy and I, I didn't know what that was like. And I can remember like it was yesterday. I, was, I wasn't sleeping because, you, you know, of course, 
when you've got things that are on your mind, the the perfect opportunity to replay them over and over is at 2 a.m. And so I wasn't getting much sleep. I was exhausted. I was tired of being tired. And I w- there was a day where I actually had to go get something done. And so I got in the shower and uh, I just remember leaning up, putting my head on the shower, uh, on the wall, just like, ah, feeling just feeling terrible. And for whatever reason, I, I, I can't tell you how it happened. I just, I collapsed. I, I, I passed out. I don't know if it was just exhaustion or what, but I passed out and I have no idea how long I was out. But all I remember is waking up to water splashing my face and then my lungs filling with air. And for a few moments, all I did was feel water on my face and oxygen going into my lungs. And then I felt my heart beat. And it just reminded me that I'm alive and how grateful am I that I am alive. And then it just hit me. I felt powerful. I had this, just this affirmation says I am powerful. And that day was the the bottom to which everything started to go upwards. Of course, it was a zigzag line, right? But the the trend was higher highs and higher lows. So it was going up and to the right, like a well-performing stock. And that later that day, I was in my condo and I was sipping a glass of, of, of green tea. And I looked out the window and the sun was shining and it was just... It was like I had just had this different outlook. I, 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 the sun was shining yesterday. I didn't see it. And here I am sipping a cup of gorgeous green tea after a fresh, clean shower. And I just started focusing on the things that I did have in my life and not on the things that I don't and what I hung up, got hung up on achievements, externalities. I started to count my blessings. I have a family that loves me. I have amazing friends. I've got so much to be grateful for that I started becoming incredibly grateful for the simplest experiences. All of it, going out for a dinner was incredible because you could just loathe in the experience. Gratitude is one of the most powerful words that is in my repertoire and being grateful for the simple things in life has led to this amazing journey that I'm still on. And the way that the it's all connected just literally blows my mind because I, after that experience, and now this did not, my cash flow issues were still just as bad. But at least I had a mindset that wasn't making it worse. You start to dig deeper and attract more things that cause more trouble that boom. And there's that vicious cycle. You, you know, you're depressed, which makes you focus on depressing things, which makes you more depressed. And then, and then your world implodes. And so cutting that cycle off really helped me to snap out of that. And I went back to my old employer and I said, listen. I know you guys are busy and I want to help out. Can I, is there anything I can do even on a contractor basis? I would love to help out where I can. And they said, Shh, you know what, Eric, 
Absolutely. You know, we'll hook you up as a, uh, you can be a contractor, you can go out to the field and uh, we're really busy setting up all these compressors on our system. And so I did, I, I, I got to, I, it was, it was interesting because part of me felt like I was going back with my tail between my legs being like, sorry, guy, Hey, can I come back? But then another part of me with this new outlook was excited about this, you know, things I used to take for granted. I'm now pumped up about, and I can remember I was out in the field and I was in this compressor building and I got a text from a gentleman named Iggy Domogalski. He's the CEO of Tundra Process Solutions. And I got him and I had met years prior and he was a mentor of mine. We would meet up every six months and just check in on each other. I was fascinated with what he was doing with this company, Tundra, fastest growing, best managed company in Canada. Just the list goes on and on. And he's this young guy killing it with this you know, 200 person company, I, I wanted to learn from him. And so one day I got it, I was out in the field at, next to a compressor station and I get a text from Iggy and the text was asking, Hey, Eric, you're a compressor guy. What do you know about Howden compressors? And I literally was like, actually, I'm standing next to one right now. This is, I, I, it was trippy. I was like, this is, is there a camera? Like, does he see what I'm doing? And sure enough, he's, they were approached by this compressor company to say, Hey, you know, do you want to get in on this, this packaging? You, you sell a lot of equipment into gas plants. Maybe compressors could be a big part of that. So Iggy said, listen, we don't know anything about compressors. And I know you do. Would you be willing to come help us sniff this out? And I said, absolutely. I'm yeah. Put me on the job. I'll, I'll all my contacts. I'll get, we'll do it top down opportunity identification, assess everything and get real good primary research. And, and then based on that, figure out what to do. So I got hired on as a consultant with Tundra Process Solutions. And there I was uh, basically a bloodhound trying to go out and sniff out these different opportunities. And on the compressor file, I came back and, and after a number of conversations, uh, Iggy was like, you know what, if this all looks good, you might be a good candidate to go run this division. So I had this incentive to like, oh, I want this to look good. But I learned from my last experience to listen to the market. And the data that I was getting back from the market was that this is not a good industry. It is competitive. There's no barriers. There's few exclusive agreements. There's it's commodity, it's low margin. It's even at the best of times, these it's, it's capital intensive, very competitive. There's a boneyard of companies that have tried this. And so I came back knowing that my findings were going to work me out of this gig. I said, you know what? You should absolutely not do this. And here's why it gave a full presentation to their board talking about why this would be a disaster. And they loved it. They're like, wow, we actually did our homework. This is really valuable. And I know this story is getting long, but it does lead to where I am today, which is so, so I find incredibly fascinating. So there I was looking out one by one, trying to find these opportunities. And that was when we realized as Tundra that this was kind of silly. I'm going out one by one when these different opportunities should be coming to Tundra. Tundra has a massive sales force of 35 full-time sales professionals, a massive database of customers. And so we have a big market channel. And that was when we had the idea for the Acceleration Center for Entrepreneurs. Essentially, 
a program that helps entrepreneurs fast track the commercialization of their technologies by helping them deploy their solutions and help our customers solve their challenges. And we as Tundra diversify our product portfolio. We're on the leading edge of technology. So it was a beautiful three-way value chain. And that was the birth of that next chapter in my life where I got to run a technology accelerator. And that has been absolutely incredible because it's essentially a paid MBA. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great story. Like, like you're saying, it's all about uh, adapting and pivoting to the next opportunity. And it seems like you did so very um, seamlessly, but obviously there's lots of challenges, hey? Absolutely. And th- there is. And that, I think the key word you hit on there is adaptability. If you're not able to adapt, the laws of nature will dictate that you get iterated out of existence. That's why you know, things go extinct. They're no longer useful to the ecosystem. Um, so running the Entrepreneur Accelerator, um, obviously you interact with a bunch of entrepreneurs um, and it happens that a, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or um, business enthusiasts looking to open up their own business one day. Um, but from your your perspective, uh, Eric, what's uh, what's a what's a p- good piece of advice to give somebody wanting to pursue a, a career in entrepreneurship? The best thing I can offer up in terms of advice is validation, 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 validation. Go and talk to your customers before you pick up a hammer and start spending money on some solution. Talk to your customers first. Hey, I'm thinking about this. What are your thoughts? And and then taking that feedback and using that feedback to design your solution, having your end user as part of the process is the best sales funnel on the planet because you're getting your end user bought in to your idea because they feel like they are helping you create it. So absolutely, they're going to want to support you once you've made it and you've built them an amazing solution that solves their challenges. And that is the foundation of a scalable business because if one person has that problem, Odds are there's others. And so then that's the fun part. Once you've validated your solution, now you get to go on that journey where you get to go try and discover where the other people that you can help. And the more people that you help, the more you will thrive as an entrepreneur. That's why the biggest, most successful people on the planet, if you look at the impact that they've had on other people's lives, it's an equation. What you outflow determines inflow. So what you're putting out there comes right back. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly rewind uh, real quick. Uh, you mentioned Iggy in your story, and uh, a lot of people are wondering, um, how does one find a mentor? How does one find that uh, surround themselves with good people, a good team? Um, but what were the best resources for you uh, that's helped you along the way? I think on the mentor side of things, it's funny. I've actually never really formalized, you know, I, I and I've never been, hey, do you want to be my mentor? Because <laughs> on the receiving th- end of that, it's like, oh, cool. You want me to do a bunch of work and what, what it, right? So it, it doesn't really, I've never done it like that. All of my mentors have organically come to existence. And I call them my mentor because 
I've learned so much from them, but I also seek their advice. And I, I, I want to learn. And that perpetual student mode of operation, people with knowledge want to see other people succeed. And that's one thing that I love that's in the DNA of entrepreneurship is helping others, helping others because they know that you have that same fire that can be inconvenient at times because you're not satisfied. You want to go try and chase down your dreams. You want, you're hungry. And so people that have that same burning energy, they want to help you succeed because they know you've got it too. And somebody helped them. There's very, very few, if any, self-made entrepreneurs. Everybody seeks and learns from others, whether it's a book, whether it's in-person meetings, whether it's that discovery of new information through incredibly valuable conversations. And so for me personally, the resources that, that have helped me grow often are inside other people's heads. And so I always try to develop relationships that, you know what, are just strong because they want to help. I want to help them. They want to help me and we grow together. So it's, that is a, it's a very beautiful uh, mode of operation to, to be that one that always wants to learn. And when you want to learn from others and you know what, it can also be learning what not to be like from other people. That's fine, but you're constantly learning. Like you said, always keep learning and always go value first. Uh, think about others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, what's one common myth about entrepreneurship? I'm, I'm curious about your perspective. Um, yeah, just about entrepreneurship in general. I, th- I feel like one of the myths, uh, entrepreneurship is very glorified, right? right? It's very, it's, it is become sought after, right? I mean, it's it's the attractiveness of being an entrepreneur that that picture that you have in your mind of what your life's going to be like once you unshackle yourself from a day job. uh, A lot of people underestimate the amount that you will be tested. And when you go out into the world of entrepreneurship, there are things that you don't even know that you don't know. And often those can be the landmines that can force you to pivot. I feel like the myth around it being, oh yeah, you just start a company and uh, boom, you know, you, you incorporate and you build an app and money comes. The grind, so many folks underestimate the grind, the evenings, the weekends, the the nonstop emails, the the keeping all the balls in the air. And so it's definitely not for everyone. And it shouldn't be because we all have different ways of being fulfilled. For some, it's entrepreneurship. For some, it's the security of a job that is fulfilling to them that, that, you know what, they get to punch out at five o'clock and not worry about emails and go spend time with their family. And that's fulfilled. And that's amazing. We always have to figure out what that is for us. You know, for me, it's, it's that thrill of the chase. It's that desire to want to create, learn, serve, and inspire. And that to me, I love it because there is no end to that. that that's a bottomless pit that you can, you can, 
if, if it if it's not one solution, it's a new idea that came came up from a great conversation, or it's a new new thing that you stumble across. It's endless, and that's what I love about it. Eric, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think entrepreneurship is just having that fire to keep getting better and keep keep finding opportunities out there. Um, that being said, uh, I'm curious, do you think entrepreneurship is something that you could learn or is it something uh, that's inherently in your DNA? Ooh. I firmly believe that anything can be learned. Mm-hmm. I Reason being, I mean, I'm not an academic and I somehow got an engineering degree. And I didn't get that because my brain is so large. No, I got that because I know how to work hard. Uh, I can learn the skills that are required and you'll learn quickly what those skills are when things aren't working. You're like, oh, I really need to get better at this because this is falling apart. I, I really feel like it can be learned, but wow, if you combine the the genetics of an entrepreneur with the willingness to be a perpetual student, that is an unstoppable combination. For you, what 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 are you currently curious about right now? Well, with all the uncertainty in the world, I'm really curious how the economy is going to bounce back and what it's going to look like. I, I just look at the amount of destruction out there from COVID-19 and the closures and the amount, the number of businesses that have been brought to their knees from this crisis. And my heart goes out to every business owner that has been forced to shut down, that has that is going through these challenges. But I also love hearing the stories of how other companies are, are pivoting, are switching it up, are getting creative. And those are the ones that are going to come out of this stronger than ever. And it's it is in these times where if you look back in history, some of the most strongest companies are started in the middle of downturns. And when times are good and markets are booming, making money is pretty easy. You know, it's it's not, doesn't anybody can throw their hat in the ring and provide value because there's lots of cash going around and, you know, it's really easy. But when times get tough and you really get put to the test and if you're able to adapt to changing conditions, you can lay the foundation for an incredible resurgence. And that's what I love. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of companies pivot. A lot of our portfolio companies pivoting. Uh, the companies, entrepreneurs that I know personally that are switching switching it up and staying in the game. A lot have been knocked out. And this is to nature what a forest fire is. And a forest fire is natural. It is a part of the natural cycle of life. There are seeds out there that cannot grow until the ground has been scorched to lay the foundation for new new life to emerge. And like business cycles, they cycle and we're going through this cycle. And as that tide goes out, it's bringing down a lot of old structures that need to be brought down to pave way for the new economy, to pave way for the new way that we're all going to thrive in this next cycle, in this next uptrend. And that's what I'm super curious about is to see what form that takes and how how it's all going to come together. Is it going to be 
total gig economy? Is it going to be, you know, what's Calgary going to look like? I mean, we had vacancies before COVID. We had a, we had challenges before going into this. You know, this is getting kicked while you're down. What is Calgary going to look like? And I still feel like no matter what, you cannot beat the entrepreneurial spirit out of an Albertan, out of that 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 Alberta hustle, that Alberta entrepreneur. Never count them out. And. I am super excited to watch this next phase because some incredible things are going to emerge. No question. And and I'm seeing it right now. So I am excited as ever. I'm excited as ever because in crisis, there's opportunity. And if you can adapt and the ability to adapt dictates your future. Eric, I love that. I love that analogy um, with the forest fire. It's... uh... Uh, you, you, sometimes you got to burn it down to have a beautiful growth of new opportunities in the future. And but from from your perspective, how's uh, how's Calgary changed from when you first started uh, to now? Oof. Well, obviously, there's a big change going on in Calgary, just just everywhere and all over the globe. Really, we're all going through the massive changes. But if you look at what Calgary, I mean, and my career is still getting started. That's what I, that's what I also love is that, you know, here, I don't want to sound like I'm, well, you know, back in, uh, well, back in 2014, let me tell you, you know, I mean, it's, it's not like I've got this 20 year record of, of, you know, exits and this and that back in the eighties, you know, I'm just getting started. So, but looking at what's changed and I really feel like when, even just when I first started with the ACE program and coming out and talking to end users and talking about collaborating and sharing ideas and working together that has been a trend that has really, really changed over the last, I want to say, four or five years. Companies, it's no longer tower versus tower. It's companies coming together, sharing ideas, sharing what's working, sharing the learnings of what hasn't worked, and together becoming stronger. So collaboration has absolutely bubbled to the surface and it's almost out of a need, right? When times are good and everyone's making money, you can fall into that greed. You can fall into that. Oh, I can't share that because it's, this is the secret sauce and, and, you know, shell up and not talk and, and, and it's us versus them. I'm seeing it. You're seeing amazing initiatives like the rainforest, bringing people together, COSIA, having oil and oil and gas companies come together and share technologies, help de-risk technologies for entrepreneurs because a rising tide actually does float all boats. And it's so cool to see that more people are realizing that collaboration over competition is a new, is a new way and it's, it's a new way to operate. Collaboration is key to building a successful longevity. But for for you, Eric, this this is a little bit more out of the box question. Uh, but what's one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Hmm. You know what? I love talking about anything, so I very rarely have anything I wish. But here's a fun fact: you know that not a lot of people know. I'm I'm actually a closet artist. I love to paint. And 
I, I literally love the creative process and not a lot of people know that about me. I'm an engineer and this and that, and but I actually love to create. I love getting creative and is I actually picked it up. I learned it. I have not always, I've always been creative, but I never knew how to paint until I moved into my condo and I wanted to deck, have beautiful pieces of art in my condo. And I remember going to an art store and I was, I was fell in love with this painting. I was ready to pay 400 bucks for it. And then that was when I was like, you know what? I could do this. And so I put the painting down and I went to Michael's and I bought a book on how to paint. I bought a canvas and some oil paints and started experimenting. And then before you know it, I totally fell in love with it. It was very therapeutic for me, very therapeutic to just shut the world off and go to a blank canvas and create something, bring something out of your mind and birth it into reality. That is one of the most powerful attributes of being human. We have the ability to imagine and then bring that imagination, which only exists in our minds. And we are the conduit which brings it into the world. And that ability is fundamental to entrepreneurship because the defi by definition, you are creating something that has not existed before. You're a new offering, a new spin, a new twist. That takes creative thinking. And so practicing the ability to think creatively and then channel that and bring that into the world Wow, that is a powerful skill to have and work on. And it can be learned because I'm a proof. I didn't know the first thing about painting. And now I've got incredible art that's in my condo that didn't cost me anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome, Eric. I really love the uh, creativity and connecting it back to entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, you have, you have a ton of great insights. Uh, where can our listeners, by the way, connect with you online if they want to? get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's a great place to start. I'm pretty active on there. Always posting. You'll, you'll be in the know of what we're up to because we're really, really doing a big content push and, and sharing the cool things that we're doing at Tundra and the Accelerator. And uh, YouTube, I actually just started a YouTube channel. So we're going to start throwing up some cool videos on YouTube. So you can just search me, Eric Allen, E-R-I-K-A-L-L-A-N. And you can find me on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, all the social things. And would love to connect. Awesome. I appreciate that, Eric. Um, yeah, so how I usually end the podcast is uh, uh, the, the guest usually poses a question to the audience or even a quarter of story to leave them with the uh, interview. A question. Okay. Uh, or sure. You know what? I would love for everyone listening to this podcast to think how you could just today, just today, go out and make someone's day. Those little things. Go out and see how you can help someone, how you can make someone's day, how you can do something little, because it's often those little things that we forget to do that add up to massive results. And if you get used to working and operating that way, lots of little things consistently add up to massive results. And when you start by being a good human and in the service of other people, that foundation will never steer you wrong. Thank you all for listening and get out there. Get out there and chase that dream. Get out there, put in the work and keep an open mind. Adapt, learn, and you will grow and nothing is going to make sense until it's in the rear view. <laughs>